0: Welcome back to uh, another episode of Half Measures. So we're we're still at uh, level three here in New Zealand, which is new for us. But I'm with my co-host Paul Kanawa. Welcome.
1: Thanks, Dan. It's uh, yeah, level three. It suddenly got real noisy outside. I've noticed my neighbours. I've noticed the builders across the the road have started playing their music real loud. Um, there's a lot of traffic around. I don't like it. I don't like it at all.
0: It's weird, isn't it, because I'm, I find the same thing walking the, the dogs in the morning, that there's so much car noise and the, the calm, tranquil, apocalyptic nature of the world that we're living in is slowly disappearing again. And I'm with you. I'm not sure. Do I want that?
1: That's right. And I'm looking at the traffic as well and thinking, do, are you ready? one of those workers that can now go out and work or are you just off to mcdonald's i don't know just there's so much traffic on the road i just want to stop everyone and say, what are you doing why are you in the car
0: yeah well speaking of mcdonald's so level three for us means takeaways have you joined the the masses pool and, and gone to get yourself some some takeaways yet
1: I can't I can't do it. I, I see these photographs, the people at the the Burger Fuel restaurant in Auckland, the queues outside some yeah. of these places in the drive through. And I'm like, I, I don't want to be a part of that. I don't want to risk having my photograph taken and being appearing on New Zealand Herald. Uh, so no, we're going to we were going to go tonight, but I think we're going to we're going to hold off uh, for the weekend now.
0: Nice, nice. Well, um, look, there's been plenty of time. Another long weekend in New Zealand to do quite a bit of watching. Um, I don't know about you, but I've watched quite quite a bit of content um, over the last, I guess, week since we last talked. But you know, as as tradition dictates, what have you been watching,
1: Paul? Well, the risk of being really boring for the listeners, so I'll be pretty quick on this uh, this section this week, I've been doing the same thing. So we are now on to the final episode of Money Heist. That's going to be watched tonight, final episode. That's exciting. Uh, hasn't been as strong a season. Have you seen the fourth season?
0: I haven't seen the fourth season, no. Okay. I, yeah.
1: All right, we won't talk about it. But, I, I, yeah, I don't feel it's been quite as strong as the first three, certainly not as strong as the first two. Um, so, yeah. It's-
0: it's kind of a show which I feel like I really enjoyed the first couple of seasons. Um, and then watching season three, I kind of felt it, it was something to sort of feel quite familiar. Um And I haven't really felt the urge to go back to four unless it offers up something new. And I, Does it, or is it sort of more of the same?
1: It doesn't necessarily, but it does of course finish off that story um, because season three finishes on a bit of a, a bit of a cliffhanger there. So uh, it's, it's worth, Worth coming back in for that, and it's only I think seven or eight episodes, eight episodes. But you know, it's uh, it's look overall, I'm being picky now. It's it's a good show. Um, So yes, I've been watching that. We've been continuing Seinfeld now, rocketing through season four. So we're pretty much halfway through the whole of Seinfeld now. One of the greatest comedies of all time.
0: Are you sort of doing one episode a night still of that or a couple or
1: it's, it's been like two episodes a night now. Like we're sort right. of like one's just not enough. You sort of just keep wanting more. So um just one of the greatest comedies. We've got to do a comedy uh, podcast, Dan. We've got to do a, a top ten comedies or something.
0: Put it on the oh top ten. That would be hard to really hard. Hard to rank. Yeah, yeah. How many I think it's been such a long time since I've watched any Seinfeld in like a, a sit-down-and-watch-it format. Like I'm so used to this kind of like it would always be on at the end of the evening. How many episodes are we talking per season, roughly? Well,
1: yeah, well, I think it does vary from season to season. So we've we've rocketed through the first one real quick. But like season season four, or by the time you get to one of the latest seasons, they sort of go all the way up to like um, 20-odd episodes. So it's kind of like those old shows in the 80s and 90s always sort of had at least 20 episodes so yes this the current season we're on goes up to 20 episodes so there's a fair bit wow, of content so uh, nine seasons were yeah we're pretty much halfway through that now um and transformers uh watching that every morning still going on i'm actually worried about going back to total normal because i'm really enjoying my morning breakfast with my daughter just watching an episode of the transformers she is loving it she's really getting to know the character names which is amazing.
0: That's awesome. I guess the other big question for you is now that you are sort of wrapping up money heist, what is what's going to be next on the the and hour watch
1: list? Yeah, well, we've saved up uh, Homeland, the last three episodes of Homeland. Oh, we nice. wanted to watch yep. the last three uh, the last three finale of the final season together. Uh, and then after that, uh, we're gonna switch across to the new uh, Phoebe Wallabridge series Run. Which mm. I, all I know, all I know is it's got um, what's his name, Do, Domahall Gleason, is it from, uh, from Gen- General Hux? General Hux. From oh, of course. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Someone else. No, he, he's in that. So we're looking forward to jumping across to that. Uh, and just to answer your question, which you've asked me twice before uh, on Money Heist, uh, my wife's city name would be San Francisco, but she'd like to be called Francisco for short because it sounds cooler. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's so that, cool.
1: That as one of our I, first overseas trips with San Fran.
0: That's awesome. I'm so glad we finally got a, a conclusion to this uh, the story. Yeah. And it, th- what's your name going to be, Paul?
1: London. Of course it is, <laughs> London.
0: <laughs> nice cool so anything else that's that sort of the the main well, staple in your life
1: the the big one we watched over the long weekend we binged the entire afterlife series season 2 which is what we're going to talk about uh, a little yeah. bit later
0: yeah it is it is good so um yeah uh, as i was saying i've watched quite a bit of stuff i've watched uh, a couple of movies and i've watched um a couple of tv shows as well so a few of them i thought could be quite interesting to kind of talk about as well so mm-hmm. The first, I, I guess a little bit of context for this one, is I feel like I've got this thing where when I put a TV show or a movie on my Netflix watch uh, watch list, I often feel like I end up cursing myself and not watching it, like it'll go on there. But then I'll, whenever I'm looking for something to watch, I don't go to my watch list, I go looking for something new, which is weird. So yeah. I'm trying to actually be a little bit better at managing that watch list so that it, and actually like that's the next thing I watch on there.
1: Can I ask you quickly <laughs> where do mm. you keep your watch list? How do you like is there an app out there which does watch lists for across platforms? what do you use?
0: Um, I'm just talking about the the whatever watch list is built into whatever viewing platform. so okay. yeah, but that, that's probably a really good idea actually a uh, joined up half measures product that we could be putting out there. Let's, let's,
1: let's, let's put it out to the listeners, if anyone knows of a good watch list app or website yeah, or whatever, uh, let us uh, know.
0: Yeah, if not, we probably need to be making it. Hmm. So um, so speaking of things on my watch list, a movie that's been on there for a very long time, which I finally decided to watch, is called Snowpiercer. So this is a 2013 movie, um, sort of, a, I guess, a, a post-apocalyptic movie, Stars Chris Evans. Uh, basically on a, a train that's continuously sort of moving around the majority of the world. You've you've seen seen the movie, I imagine? I've
1: I've I've watched it point. twice. Watched it twice. I really enjoyed it, yeah.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those movies that I keep for some reason it keeps kind of popping up on my radar and I thought I, I finally better watch it. Um yeah, really enjoyable. I reminded me a little bit of the, the Hunger Games actually for some reason. Um I just yeah. really enjoyed sort of the, the story of sort of progressing through the different um train carriages and the the different I guess class systems and how yeah, great little plot twist at the end of the the movie as well. But yeah, so that was a an old movie, or old twenty thirteen old, and look, some of those effects they didn't age well, to be honest with you. There's some there's some scenes of the of the train smashing through snow and yep. coming off the tracks, and it, it doesn't look good on a uh, on a okay. big TV. So,
1: I didn't. Oh uh, yeah, see, I didn't notice that, and I watched it recently on a second watch, but I watched it on a phone on a train, so I probably didn't notice it quite as much as you would on a, on a big screen TV.
0: It's, it's so meta to watch it on a train as well.
1: So. I think that was part of the appeal. It was just, and I love it, I love a movie like uh like snow piercer something that's confined within set parameters anything that mm. has kind of got limits i i love the you know just like what we talked about when we watched criminal you know when it's set within just one room i love something that's within a set place and that train was fantastic
0: mm-hmm. that was really cool wasn't it so um i actually really enjoyed it um It's got some great, Ed Harris is obviously in it as well, Tilda Swinton, so some really good um, actors and actresses. Um, Another movie that I watched is a new movie on Netflix, um, Extraction, with uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Mm. Mm. So, again, a movie which um, wasn't necessarily on my radar, more I got an ad for it as an upcoming movie. And I sort of thought, oh, that could be a good sort of uh, popcorn-type movie. So watched that over the weekend. Have you watched it? Any interest in it?
1: Definitely interested in it. I saw it come up on our radar. It came up as a number two in New Zealand right now, or one of those top sort of adverts. And and I saw a bit of traffic on Twitter, people talking about it, saying it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those movies which I actually think – if you were to give it a rating you'd kind of have to give it a rating in different categories so as far as as far as the action goes like it's like it's it's john wick type action for because okay. the, the, the basic premise is um chris hemsworth is a mercenary and he's he's hired to basically protect a kid um and it's it's top notch action and camera work and fight scenes the actual story itself though eh like a little bit, uh, a little bit average, but not bad enough not to watch it. So it, it's a kind of a an enjoyable hour and a half, just under two or whatever it is. So it's a it's definitely a a popcorn movie. Like don't go in with too many expectations, but for a good time with a watch. And it's it's actually um, I think produced by the Russo brothers, who did the yeah. the Marvel um, Avengers. Uh, in-game yeah, the, movie, which is, which is
1: pretty cool. Yeah, so that means you know you're going to get good production values, and Chris Hemsworth is, is just always great value to watch. Um, and if it's been produced by the Netflix guys, it's I'm sure it's going to be, like you say, a Saturday night popcorn movie. I can't wait. Yeah,
0: yeah. Look, it's not – yeah, as long as you're not going in for anything too um, too serious. But the, the third movie I've watched, as I said, I've watched a bit. This movie – this movie's crazy. So – a movie called The Platform. Have you heard of this one? No. Okay, so this is another movie which I kind of um, have heard about um, around the place that people were kind of talking about, and the the it's a Netflix – I'm pretty sure it's a Netflix original, but the basic premise is um, it's a prison and you imagine the prison being a being a, a, I don't know, a, a, a tall building that's sort of in the shape of a square, and in the prison there's two prisoners per floor, and basically what happens is the movie kind of starts with. This this guy who's in the prison and he's on like wow, I feel like level thirty three of the prison. But inside the, if you imagine the square of the building, there's a there's a hollowed out square in, in the middle of the building, and what happens is the way they feed the prisoners is they lower food from the very top level all the way down to the bottom, and so I love it.
1: I love it already.
0: So it's, and I'm, I'm not going to go into any um any spoilers beyond what this is all stuff that I think you could pick up from the trailer, um. But you can just imagine, so so when you go into this prison, um, you don't know what floor you're going to be on, and you get put on a new floor every month, and so sometimes you're at a real high up floor, sometimes you're at a real low down floor, and it's one of those movies that's a real dark kind of um, like social commentary on um, the rich and the poor, and middle class, lower class, looking up on people, it's... Kind of really edgy and gritty. Like it's definitely a thriller. It's got com- it's got components of almost being a little bit like a horror, but it's not a horror because it's not like it's not. There's no there's no big bad like the yeah. There's not like there's no you know X in sort of crazy person running around. It's it's literally just the concept of this prison and how it's all managed. But it's one of those movies. I watch this at like ten o'clock at night. Um, cause I sort of felt like I was wide awake and it honestly just left me wanting to talk about this movie so much. And I've been hanging out to talk to you about it, but I've been, I've been holding back because it's, I wanted to save it all for the podcast, but it's a, uh,
1: I, I need to get amongst this movie this weekend then if I can, if I can get it on a platform here, because uh, you've, Netflix. you've ticked a few Netflix. boxes. Netflix so you've, you've ticked a few yeah. boxes you've ticked the box as I, I just literally said before about a confined space you know obviously a prison um and then just prison movies in general I just I've always been a huge fan or even prison tv shows um just that genre in itself and then taking this different spin on it like the way they get fed and the, the different floors, and it sounds fascinating I'm definitely going to watch it this weekend uh, I think
0: yeah, so so on Netflix, and do yourself a favour, it's actually, it's another Spanish movie, actually. So um, there is actually quite a good dub for it, but um, it's, a, again, a better watch with the subtitles. So I think coming off Money Heist, you'll find it a, a relatively easy transition. But w- I think watch it, and let's have a bit of a conversation about it on our next pod, uh, because it's, it's such a crazy concept. Um, but yeah, look, I think Brilliant. if you're... If, yeah, if you're looking for something a little bit crazy, do it. Don't do what I did, though, and don't watch it right before you go to bed. and Because it, it is a movie that is going to sit with you for a while. You're going to think about it. You're going to want to talk about it. Um, it's a wild you ride.
1: Some, you need some time for a palate cleanser or two straight after.
0: You you definitely need that. So, yeah. look, highly recommended. Um, and on, on the
1: subject of subtitles, I mean, <laughs> the of money heist. You, you said to me uh, you recommended that I do myself a favor and listen to the, the, the audio. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, occasionally I like to get up and get myself some food, but of course you can't just listen to the show. You, as soon as you look away, you've you've lost everything. So if I get up to get myself something to eat, I will put the subtitles on. Uh, sorry, the the audio dub on just for that moment. And I cannot wait to get back into the lounge as soon as possible and put the normal audio back on because it is horrific. So uh, it's really
0: bad, isn't it? And um, I don't think when they've got the dub for the for Money Heist, I don't think they realised how popular that TV okay. show was going to be because I feel like they might have invested a little bit more in the quality of that of that dub.
1: Agreed, agreed. But that, the,
0: um, the the dub on uh, the platform is actually actually quite good, but. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, but anyway, watch it with the subtitles. I think it's still still better. Mm. Um, so the other um back to TV shows now that I actually finished watching are uh, Ozark season three. Holy moly, season three of Ozark, incredible. Okay, it, it's well up there as one of my. It's going to be a contender at this point. Like we're still early in the year for a top TV show, but season three. So so good, such great acting, such a great plot. I can't wait for season four. So many twists and turns.
1: Okay, so they're they're, make, they're making a season four. So that's uh, that's always a good sign for something that might hook me in as a possible watch.
0: Remind me, Paul, so are you an Ozark watcher or not at all?
1: No, not at all. I've, not, I've heard a few people now start talking about season three, which is interesting because I've never heard anything about season one or two. So it's something tells me that this show is coming into some really good form.
0: Yeah, so um, I would almost say to you, maybe this should be one of your next TV shows because it's got some real Breaking Bad components to it um i feel like they're really kind of expanding out the universe and i think season 1 i i thought was really good season 2 good but not 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 the best of the three seasons and then season 3 absolutely amazing and uh, again this it's one of those shows where it's really dark it's there's all these different characters involved in it just the the whole concept of much like in the Breaking Bad universe, when you're dealing with money laundering and you start to get involved with different cartels and gangs, there's things mm. that come along with that that you need to be prepared to do. So,
1: okay. I've added. I've I've had a look at it. We'll, we'll we'll see about that and maybe get it on the list. There's there's so much stuff to watch. My list is just growing all the time.
0: I saw a, a tweet in the weekend actually um, where somebody said. Uh, house sore is a thing, you know how someone happens, someone might get a bed sore. I yeah. feel like that was me in the weekend. I watched. I've also watched Afterlife season two, which we're about to talk about now. But you know, I've watched these three movies. Um I watched the um, finished the fall of Ozark. It, it was a lot of content.
1: One, was of the, good. One, one of the shows I want to ask you about because it's dear to my heart, and you started watching it, and I haven't heard you talk about it, and I haven't asked you off air, so I'm going to ask you on air. What's going on with Star Wars Rebels then?
0: so still still um, plugging away at it okay. um so um I guess it's taken a little bit of a backseat to be honest, and probably not getting- qu- enough air time, but That's it is very much on my um on my list still to be watching, and I think because we've got the the final episodes of um the Clone Wars coming out Friday, I believe Friday and Monday. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I keep getting lots of uh YouTube adverts for it and every time I'm like oh god I need to be watching rebels and uh, yeah I need to get it's it's a good reminder I should I need to get back into it because it was really good I think maybe what had happened is I just watched obviously all six seasons of clone wars mm. and in a, in a relatively short period of time so it kind of felt nice to go to something else uh but yeah I will get back into rebels
1: good cool good 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 because because yeah cuz season 7 of clone wars the second half, the last few episodes, I would rate as being the best of all animated Star Wars of all time. That's how high quality we're talking there. In fact, I feel like if they'd made these last few episodes as live-action series, they'd be onto a real winner. But anyway, we'll we'll talk about that another time, I guess.
0: (laughs) It's tough, actually, because... You know, when we had this conversation about, you know, should I go into rebels or should I start watching season seven of Clone Wars? Now that just about all of season seven's out, I wonder whether I should actually just finish off Clone Wars. Don't do it.
1: Don't. don't, The reason I I, I advise someone this in the week as well, uh, because there are things that happen if if you were to watch Clone Wars, that would give you some some spoilers for for Rebels. Um, So you you need to to see it in order. Otherwise, it won't make sense. Well, no, it won't won't make sense, but you won't get the same impact.
0: Okay, okay. Stay the course. Okay. look, All right, that's good. I I will get back on track with that show. And I'm also kind of like, we're still, you know, much like how you watch Seinfeld as a palate cleanser, I've still got my... 10 billionth re- rewatch of The Office kind of just, you know, <laughs> which I, I watch an episode every now and again. So I think we're at, we're about halfway through season 8 on that as well. So, But it's just a, an episode here and there. But I'm kind of looking forward to wrapping that up actually and moving on to a new public cleanser. So, nice, nice, nice. Mm. But anyway, the, the show that we, we have both watched uh, somehow in our schedules between working and living and managing our households is afterlife season two
1: incredible television what can i say where are we going to start then
0: um well i think maybe just uh if you haven't watched afterlife you definitely need to it's such a incredible show and it's like season season two that's just come out and so each season's only what six episodes long Mm -hmm. each episode's 20-ish minutes long Mm -hmm. it's um, I spoke to someone this week who kind of binged the whole season one and two in, in a day, which I thought was a it's a it's a heavy load to take. Yeah. But um, look, I I can't speak more highly about this this show. I think there's stuff that you can just talk about generally, but there's also I think it's a show that will leave you um, like drained. C- drained, yeah. I think that, that's a good word because it's it's at times. Laugh out loud, funny, yep. and at equal times so sad and heavy.
1: That's that's it. It's it's that unnerving ability that Ricky Gervais, his writing has, and you touched on this uh, when you named season one of Afterlife in your um, in the top ten TV podcast last year. He he can make you laugh uncontrollably one moment, then he can make you cringe at the most unbelievable awkwardness, just like he, he's done in The Office and and other shows. And then feel on the verge of tears, all within the space of a couple of minutes.
0: Uh, I don't know as a as an actor how he does it. I mm. think like he, the way he moves between those like moves between those different scenes, and I imagine doing numerous takes to get them right, must be so so draining. Um, and I think you know, I, I imagine a lot of people when they hear Ricky Gervais, they probably just imagine him from The Office, and they kind of. Kind of annoying character, but he's he's not that character in these shows. like he, he's I guess we're we're talking about the show, so we're we're talking we are talking about spoilers, so um just I guess be conscious of that as someone who has has lost his his wife and the the love of his life and just seen him go for that trauma, and just yeah. how real it feels, it feels like you know if if you put yourself in that situation,
1: that's right. It, it, it's 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 a horrific thought for anyone to have to go through, and the reality. What I want to touch on what you've said there, how real it feels, because one of the things I find interesting about Ricky Gervais in the show and his, as his character Tony, compare when you compare it to well, not Derek, that's a different thing, but when you compare it to David Brent from The Office, or you compare it to Andy Millman from from Extras, I have mm-hmm. a real feeling that there's actually way more of the real. Ricky Gervais in this character Um, I've listened to his his podcasts and all of his audiobooks and there is so much that comes through in Tony that it seems like you know he's a very strong atheist uh, he's got a lack of patience for rudeness or inequality um, his love of animals all those things come through and I think one of the reasons it feels so real is because he feel, it's, I'm not saying he's playing himself, but it's just a really authentic person that you can really, really relate to.
0: <clears throat> I agree. And I think it's one of those shows where you could actually spend just as much time talking about the the laugh-out-loud funny things as you could talk about the the really sad things. And there's, there's yeah. so many great um, supporting characters in this show that just... Every like the on screen chemistry is so on point. You know, oh, when I every character. It? Yeah, look, definitely. And particularly like I really love his uh relationship with is it um is it Kath? The um the, the red headed woman who he works with in the in the oh, office. And, yes, yes. And you know, talking about like star signs and things like that and just it's brilliant.
1: Kath is a a great character and um, I actually wondered where their relationship might have gone this season in terms of their friendship because they seem to sort of make amends Mm -hmm. in season one and it sort of went in a slightly different direction, but there's still a bit of empathy going on. But, yeah, each of those characters, so well cast, so well written, and um, I I could talk about any of the characters that you want to talk about on this podcast.
0: Even just the whole premise of his job just makes me, you know, like these people that he goes to talk to, the guy that comes along to take photos, like I feel like, like what's even his job? Like he literally pulls out a point-and-shoot camera and he just like takes Len- one picture and he's like, all right then.
1: Got it. Got it. That's it. Yep. Lenny. Yeah, it's Lenny, Lenny. Lenny. Basically, it's, it's kind of like the way each scene ends. Once uh, Tony, Ricky's character, can't take any more of this madness, he's like, Take a picture. And and Lenny just pulls out, as you say, he pulls out the camera, takes one photo without even making any effort to focus, whatever, and he's like, got it. And that's it. That's his job. Yeah.
0: That's so good. And <clears throat> great to see that he found, obviously, he's found love this season as well. it's um, yeah. still sort of got this instant family. And those characters are outrageous in themselves.
1: I don't even know where to start with the work experience kid, James, the kid that comes in, he's amazing. And he's got all these dreams about being a stage actor or dancer. And, you know, he's really giving it his all. And, oh, I mean.
0: I, I love when, um, just even some of the real basic stuff, like when they're talking about, oh, do you want a cup of tea? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I'd love a cup of tea. And it's like, no, you go and make the cup of tea. You're, you're doing work experience. And he's just like, uh-huh outrageous
1: the humor is always you know very much like we've seen Ricky Gervais do with his his stand-up shows he always takes his humor to the edge of the of the line of what most people will think is acceptable to make jokes about and then he'll go way over that line and he'll make no apology for doing it he kind of does that in this show as well I mean he's already playing with you know subject matter which is is pretty dark in itself but um it's uh it's it's extraordinary because when you think about this as you said those really emotional touching scenes about this guy dealing with the loss of his wife and he's speaking so openly about his love for her and you know cherishing every moment with her and then suddenly it flicks to <laughs> those scenes with um, the psychiatrist at the pub with his oh his, yes with yeah. his two mates and i mean they're just being disgustingly awful and then you just you have to remember that the writer of the show has written both those shows it's it's uh, both those lines, both those characters, both those scenes. Yeah, that's it's, right. It's, it's, that's right. It's extraordinary.
0: Even just like the, the the um the woman that um Tony meets in the in the cemetery, like just the moments that those two characters share sitting um, on that park bench, and yeah, like just so so heartfelt. To then you know flip to a an another scene where we're dropping sea bombs, yeah. like like right now, tomorrow it's. All it, over it's, the so, place. it's so well
1: timed as well it is it is uh, it's the timing is 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 everything and his reaction to all situations is so genuine that i've i'm worried how much i relate to his character but you're right about anne at the park bench and sorry at the cemetery bench um she's she's terrific and is probably you know like his his personal psychiatrist in that respect, but they're both helping each other out. And um then we see, you know, there's a possible future romance for Anne with um with Paul, the the owner of the of the, the Gazette.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: Which is uh, nice. Uh,
0: I think one of my favorite Fa- there's so many favorite scenes but one of my other favorite character interactions is with the postman and when the when the postman asks to use, he uses bathroom and he ends up taking <laughs> a bath it's <laughs> so good
1: it's extraordinary it's one of those great comedy moments because when someone says can i use your bathroom i mean firstly i don't think i would let someone in because i'm just i'm too antisocial too much of an introvert but for those people who are kind enough to let them come in, you you make the assumption that they're going to use the toilet. So if you find them using the bath, you can't really be angry with them because you said yes, go ahead. And um, it's just great writing. It's great writing.
0: It, it's so great too, even with the um, uh, I, I can't think of a name. The the woman who plays the the sex worker slash prostitute, and they get the Roxy. They get the Roxy. They get their term sort of like um, you know run the wrong way all the time. Another like great character who kind of plays like another, almost like counsellor in Tony's life, um, but just the relationship between her and Roxy and the postman. Mm. Again, in- incredible just chemistry and scenes, and I think what I really enjoy about all of these characters is they actually just feel like everyday people, That's and they're everyday, everyday people that you might come across, and there's just something kind of I guess powerful about that, and in the, in the way they do the storytelling.
1: That's exactly right. So I think on that note matt um who's the, the the brother-in-law who who sort of is the boss of the paper he's oh, yeah. he's just everyday character um sandy uh at the paper she's, oh yeah she's really good and she's just every day as well um and then of course there's the the kind of characters which are every day but they've just had the volume turned up on the so the, the you know the, the psychiatrist um the guy uh who was also in um, Derek, who plays he played Kevin Derek, but he plays Brian in the show. I don't know what he does at the newspaper. I have no idea. You know the guy with the beard. He just and he, he did yeah, the comedy yeah. show, just just inappropriate. Um,
0: but, I think he does the distribution or something or the yeah. delivery or something. Oh yeah, yeah. And the the, the yeah. postman
1: who just happens to be called Pat, which was just you know a great moment.
0: <laughs> Even that that comedy show, outrageous. The the what, what did they call that show? A thousand. Um, a thousand scenes or something or a thousand nights or whatever, whatever that stand whatever their um little dramatic society yeah, yeah. that was that was, was so good.
1: That was incredible. And just watching that whole thing play out with kids in the audience um was just oh, just amazing.
0: Have you got a, a favorite sort of moment in the in the season or sort of main highlight?
1: I I really enjoyed the scenes <laughs> the scenes with the dad. I really love um you know david bradley who plays the dad um i i forget the name of his character in harry potter but he played you know he was uh, he's been in game of thrones he's been in doctor who yeah. he's been in he, the dad the, he's sitting there so vacant and what i love about that is that when you get to see the video clips of what he was like and how happy he was and mm-hmm. then and so I feel awful saying I really enjoy that, but it's just a reminder of, you know, all of a sudden you could still be alive, but you've just forgotten everything. You know, it's such a horrific thing, you know, dementia and things like that. But then the ability for him just every now and then to remember something just from mm-hmm. long term memory just come out. I love watching that. And also the way Tony is then able just to set him up and say, look, when that guy comes back in, you know, abuse him. And he, he just does um, the relationship between him and then Emma, the nurse. I, I love mm-hmm. all all of those scenes for me um i find probably the, the most enjoyable overall and um, the ones just quickly before you go uh i cannot handle i can't handle him watching the laptop scenes of his wife over and over i just want to i just want to take the laptop off of him and shut it down it's just it kills me watching him sitting there torturing himself it just kills me and those scenes are really good
0: yeah yeah it's <clears throat> all, all such such great scenes. I, I think one of my my favourite things that happened in this season was right at the the beginning of the season um, when Tony goes to interview the um, the person in the retirement home who just received a letter from the Queen for turning hundred. Yes. And just her pure distaste for being in the home, um, the other people in the home. Uh, just such a great scene. Um, and I, I
1: wonder how much of that is actually true for people in a home, in real life, and you yeah, just never yeah. get to hear those those people say because yeah. no one's ever going to report those things.
0: Yeah, yeah. And look, I, I, I equally think even the the way the show kind of ended um, and, you know, there was kind of that moment where, you know, is he going to take the sleeping pills? Is he not? Yeah. Uh, they're just such intense things where I think you just don't and I think, again, I just can't speak highly enough about how they have the depth of these characters and how well we know them after only ultimately 12 episodes. Um, that he he may well take them because you just don't know what place he's in. And I think um, Tony's character summed it up really well um, when he was kind of explaining his state that people think he's getting better, but he's just kind of masking all of this pain and hurt. He's getting better at that than he is actually at dealing with it and I think again like you only have to put it into your own personal context and the 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 dialogue and the intent of it gets even heavier to kind of kind of watch um so yeah look look just so so many great scenes such such a great show I think I sent you a, a text at some point over the week um while I was watching it that I like to kind of imagine that um, what's happening in afterlife is in the same universe as the detectorists. And I like to yeah. think that, That's like, like, that they're kind of just similar enough that they could be the same universe and that, you know, I don't know my um, English geography, but a few towns over there's, um, there's there's a whole bunch of metal detectoring going on. I think it would be great.
1: I think I think that could work quite well. A little crossover. Um I think you know because Mackenzie, Mackenzie Crook, who wrote and directed Detectress, of course played Gareth in *The Office*. With that's right. With and I wonder if any of that sort of style of writing uh, either rubbed off on him or if he was already like that. I have no idea. But it's that, and you, I think you talked about it a couple of podcasts ago. But that sort of the warm, good feeling type comedy, which has some true emotion in there as well, that kind of gets you. Um, and that's a real credit to the to the writing. of of this show, and, you know, on the the subject of writing and directing, we've talked about our favourite writer-directors, you know, like Christopher Nolan, Quentin Tarantino, and I... When you look at the resume of Ricky Gervais and you think about, you know, The Office, Extras, Derek, those shows, for me, are really high quality, and I mean, you throw into the ring that he's largely the main star of the show as well, it's truly next level, and he's just so damn funny in real life as well it's uh you know really you know he's he's quite a an outspoken mouthy kind of guy but i think he is genuinely genius
0: Oh look, you know if you follow Ricky Gervais on Twitter or anything in the yeah. sort of media, like he's he definitely pulls no punches, um, and he is not short sure of having an opinion. And he, you know, as you've said, he stands up for the underdog. He stands up for animals. Um, he says what's on his mind, and I think that's what kind of makes this show really work for him as well. I think, as you've said, he's he's kind of bringing him tr- his true self to the role. Um, and I think the way that he writes it, which is, I know it's just, it's an enjoyable watch.
1: Yeah. And uh, the other subject I was going to quickly touch on is because I'm thinking the ending for me was great, but I always want to see more. But Ricky Gervais does this all the time. He did it with The Office. He did it with extras, and he did it with Derek. Two seasons, and that's all you get. You'll get a Christmas special, maybe, and maybe we'll get a Christmas special special for um, for Afterlife. I don't know, but he I, he's never come back for a third season for anything he's ever done. So, is this it? I wonder.
0: Yeah, look, I I've been wondering the same thing, and I think you're right. Like that that two season rule was really interesting because I think the way that he ended. Season two, is it could just end there, and we mm. just have to be happy with what we've got. I I've read a couple of articles online that apparently because it's done so well and it's the, probably the the best received show that he's ever um, produced, that like you know maybe the appetite is there to do a third season, and I think what he's concerned about, and I think rightly so, is is there enough story there to make mm. season three stand out, or is it actually better to just You know, do two absolutely wonderful seasons and just leave it there and and move on to new projects.
1: Those those are really good questions. Those are really good questions, and I've read a couple of articles as well. And some of, if any criticism has been levelled at this show, and there's been very little, but if any has, it's been about how the story has gone over relatively familiar ground to season one about Mm. the guy mourning the loss of his of his wife. And so, unless they're going to progress that story on. Uh, beyond that and actually have him start a relationship with Emma uh, or or whatever, um, is there the risk that season three, whilst of course we'll watch it and of course we'll laugh, will it actually not progress the story in a meaningful way?
0: Well, I think this is the interesting thing, right? Because even though people say it's similar, I think when you think about the grief cycle that somebody goes through, I think season one was a bit more raw when his mm. wife died. I think yes. season two is about him moving on. Well, you know, trying to move on and kind of like a bit of time has passed and people expect you to kind of, for lack of a better word, get over it, mm. um, which is a horrible way to describe it. And I think season three, if there was going to be one, potentially could be about – I guess, kind of embracing life and like, you know, he's kind of got a a potential second chance at at love and what does that look like? And I think he spent a lot of time this season talking about how, you know, he, he wished he said yes more to his wife. He wished he got up and danced with her when she asked. And I think this season three could be him really kind of like, you know, it may not actually be as as heavy and as sad, but I think there'd still be the memory of his wife, and I think maybe the driver for him to kind of be be a better partner, like and and that there is a kind of a redemption arc to the story.
1: Agreed. Look, I think you've summed it up really well, and I think the only thing I can add to that is season one, he was kind of seemed uh, angry at the world and angry at everyone else for having a good life and carrying on, and this season. He seemed mainly angry at himself, or, or you mm. know, he, he was more introspective. And so, uh, look, I would I would watch five seasons. Who am I kidding? But uh, I guess we'll we'll find out. A, a Christmas special will be nice, a nice depressing <laughs> finale for Christmas.
0: That actually, could be a nice way to wrap it up. Actually, yeah. you know, a, a year on at the paper company. <laughs> Ironic that it's a paper company.
1: Yeah, um, a little bit right.
0: And it, just to kind of see where these characters are at, because uh, you know. I I I think season three, if he thinks he's got the content, but if he doesn't, like I think we've been, you know, hashtag blessed for what we've got, you know. So it's it's, it's still a good watch, and I again, I just couldn't recommend it enough. If you're looking for some really top quality British shows, Afterlife is it's it's got to be up there on your list. Hundred percent. Well, well, that probably almost brings us to the the end of this episode, and It's it's pretty much been. Mostly just talking about what we've been watching but it's been great talking about
1: afterlife it's one of sometimes you can have those weeks where you've watched something that deserves the attention of a full podcast and so for our listeners out there who by the way have continued to grow since we last checked in we've um, got a fair bit of uh, uptake on some of our listeners especially across the US uh, I'm sure they'll forgive us with for the uh, the opportunity to go into afterlife too maybe we should put in the description uh, don't, don't listen unless you've watched it, because, yeah, we we definitely went into the spoiler territory
0: there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and I think, you know, like, you know, if you are a listener, if you enjoy uh, what you're hearing, do us a favour, tell your friends, su- subscribe. If you can leave a review on um, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, do that. It really helps us out. I know you can't leave reviews everywhere, but help us get the word out there. It really helps us um, grow the half-measures audience and, yeah. Right. so if you want to um and also you know always feel free to get in touch with us you can get in touch with us on as we've said on all the other 10 million podcasts 10 million ten um <laughs> you know we, we're on we're on Twitter we're on Instagram we're on reddit we're on you know anywhere you can be we're there but you can even leave us a, a voice message if that's your if that's your jam um, on the anchor website um, but but our Twitter address is um, Half Measures Pod. Is there, is that our that one? That's that's right. Yes, that's, that's right. that's right. God.
1: That's right. And God. Instagram, God. Instagram is Half Measures Podcast. And um, there's not much in the mailbag this week, but it was really nice. We we put out a tweet for that for the Better Call Saul podcast. Um, phrasing how much we enjoyed uh, Ray Seon's, uh Kim Wexler character, and she came in and she liked that tweet. As did the editor, as did the writer, as did the director, and as did uh, one of the people who runs a Better Call Saul podcast. So that was that was really nice. It's just a bit of thanks out there in the world.
0: The, the big question is, Paul, can we get a, a Ricky Gervais um, like? I, I've got confidence that you can do this. So um,
1: me, it's the social media manager, is doing all this work, right?
0: yeah but you you manage the social media manager so
1: i do manage him correct
0: ah mm. oh, that reminds me um we haven't talked about fast and the furious this episode do we no. have half an hour to quickly nice. do a deep I, dive into that
1: i I, I, w- I would love to do a deep dive into some star trek as well but since we haven't got time for that i think it's time for me to say thanks for listening everyone and take care
0: awesome see you guys adios